0: Everybody, make some noise in this place. Amen. 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 I'm not a merry-go-round preacher. This is Six Flags, the Superman coaster. Amen. So tell the person next to you, you need a little bit of. I need some space. I need some space. I'm gonna need some space today. Amen. We give honor to God for this place. I would that you would appreciatively applaud the man of God in this house that God has used to give birth to this place, Pastor Dr. Chris Williamson. Really give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Amen. 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 He is one of the best brothers I know. He is a good friend, and I praise God for him, his integrity, his love for his family, and for this place. You cannot talk to Pastor Chris for more than five minutes without Strong Tower coming out of his mouth and the love that he has for the vision of this house. Amen? Now, you can't love the pastor if you don't love his wife. Amen? So give it up. For Dorena Williamson. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I thank God for my wife being here. Amen. A Fred, Fred had Wilma and Barney had Betty and Mickey had Minnie and Donald had Daisy and I got a marriage. Amen. So I thank God for my wife. Who is here? And uh, my sister moved to the greater Nashville area. She lives out in uh, Clarksville, and um, she—anybody needs some help with some weight training, she will put most men under the table. Uh, my sister Tam is here. She's a great bodybuilder. Everything else, Amen. <laughs> Wonderful sister, and I thank God for all of you. Now, the Lord didn't really call me to talk; He called me to preach. Amen. So we thank the Lord for the fact that it's preaching time. Somebody say amen. 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 We've been taxiing around the runway here at Strong Tower for a little while, and I just got clearance from air traffic control that it is now appropriate to take off. Amen. And uh, we're going to ask you to put on your seatbelt and buckle up. There may be turbulence ahead. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask that you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, since we're gonna take flight, we'll ask you to go to terminal number seventeen. Gate number one. Acts chapter seventeen, and beginning at the beginning, at verse number one, when you get there, you will read and I'll recite words based on this order. And when they had passed through Amphipolis and came to Apollonia, they came to a synagogue of the Jews where Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them three Sabbath days, reasoning with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Jesus must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is the Christ. And many of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, were moved with envy, and took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered together a company, and set the city in an uproar, and set to assault the house of Jason. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned Nashville, I I mean the world upside down, have come here also. And they all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, one Jesus. If you would help me for the next few moments, I'd like for you to look at the person next to you and look at them quite matter-factly and ask them this question. Are you under the influence? I need you to turn to the other side. Ask somebody on the other side. Are you under the influence? Father God, as we approach your text today, I ask that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us. Use this moment to shed life and light into a dark world. I ask, Lord, that you would use this time here at Strong Tower, that your people might be edified. You might be glorified. Christ might be magnified. This room might be electrified and the devil might be terrified right now in the name of Jesus. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. It was some time ago, in the privacy of my own home, I was watching a television program that many of you have seen before. Uh, This program comes on with the group inner circle singing a familiar refrain, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do when they come for you? And many of us like this show because we are basically nosy by nature and we want to see firsthand what's going on in somebody else's life. On this particular evening, the show came on in its regular fashion and there was coming into focus a black car riding down the highway and it was riding and driving at a high rate of speed. It was accelerating and deaccelerating, dodging to the left and to the right. It was all over the road. Then the shot transitioned to a white car coming onto the highway behind the black car. The white car proceeded to turn on some red and blue lights that I'm sure no one here has ever seen before and pulled the black car over. Big Husky officer got out of the car. He knocked on the window and he said, Sir, uh, step out of the car. The gentleman said, Is there, is there, is there, is there a problem, officer? The officer said, oh, yeah, there's a problem. I need you to step out of the car. He got out of the car and he drew a line on the ground and he made him walk from one side to the other. He made him count from one to ten and ten to one. He looked into his eyes and ran a battery of tests and said, sir, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to come with me. The man got belligerent. I mean, he got crazy. He said, no, I ain't going to go. He got so loud that a group gathered on the corner to see what was going on with one drunken man. He got so loud that people stopped in their cars on the highway to see what was going on with one drunken man. So loud, people came out of their houses and a crowd gathered to see what was going on with one drunken man. The police officer put him in the back of the car, took him downtown, and charged him with DUI, and we went to commercial. A commercial, the Holy Ghost came running through my house and said, hey, Barry, look how easy it was for one drunken man to get a crowd on the corner and look how hard it is for us to get folks to come to church on Sunday morning look how easy it was for one drunken man to get a crowd gathered and look how hard it is for us to get people to come to CE class if it ain't on Sunday morning he said what we need are CUIs Christians under the influence Yeah, we need some Christians under the influence. I'm not talking about Red Bull, Red Wolf, Johnny Walker, Red, Gillian's Red, Red, Red Wine. I'm talking about the red blood of Jesus Christ. We need some Christians under the influence. If we had Christians under the influence, we wouldn't have so many of the problems that we have in America today. Racism wouldn't be a problem if we had Christians under the influence. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about we need we are stronger together when we're under the influence of God. Like the particle board on this stage that I'm standing upon, you can see long pieces, short pieces, dark pieces, light pieces. But when the pressure comes on those boards and they wrap them together, they become stronger together than they are individually because they're under the influence of pressure and adhesive. Watch this. When the body of Christ becomes under the influence of God, a whole lot of stuff will get fixed. Yeah, sleeping Christians will wake up if we're under the influence. And fighting Christians will make up. And drunken Christians will sober up. And gossiping Christians will shut up. And stingy Christians will pay up if we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We can transform society if we're under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get to our text in a minute, but before we talk about being under the influence of the Holy Ghost, we must first talk about not only who the Holy Ghost is, but what the Holy Ghost ain't. And I did say ain't. I learned a long time ago, it's not how you say it, it's what you say. If somebody pulls a gun out on you and says, I is going to shoot you, you better run just as fast. (laughs) It's the bullet that makes the difference, yeah. So we need to talk about who the Holy Spirit is and who he ain't or who he is not, all right? Um, Hallelujah, 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 is not the Holy Ghost. I'm see my bow tie riding on a Hyundai. Should have been a Honda. Is not the Holy Ghost is not the Holy Ghost. Those are all acceptable uh, expressions of your desire to praise God, but don't confuse what you do with what the Holy Ghost does. What the Holy Spirit does is make you love your enemies. The Holy Spirit conforms you to the image of Christ. The Holy Spirit transforms you into something under the influence of God. I don't know anything about the Holy Ghost that you control have people talking about they are under the influence of the Holy Ghost talking in tongues and still lying in English. <laughs> talking about you talked to the Lord this morning but you won't speak to me. I, I, that don't sound like the Holy Ghost Yeah, jumping high and living low. Preacher on Sunday and a creature on Monday. Sing on Sunday and swing on Monday. A saint on Sunday and I ain't on Monday. That is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit conforms us to the image of Christ. That transformation has nothing to do with how educated you are or uneducated you are, whether you are of one ethnicity or another, whether you have money or not, where you live, what you drive, what you do. The transforming power of the Holy Spirit transforms us no matter who we are into what we ought to be. Listen, remember, we need to be a living commercial for the world of the transforming power of God. There's some people who come to church, listen, again, it's one of my favorite phrases, I'm going to say it again, you help me out, make some noise in this place. There's some people come to church, not only do they not say amen, they don't even look amen. And they go to a casino, put in a little offering. And let three cherries line up and have fellowship together. And they praise all over that place. But then they come to church where the Lord woke you up in the morning. Helped you to feed your family. Gave you the ability to live. And those same people come to church and won't make a noise. Listen. Remember how you used to pick what party to go to? You can say amen because somebody went to some parties up in here. Some of y'all are still going, yeah. <laughs> Remember, I used to pick what party to go to? You would listen on the outside to what's going on on the inside, and that's how you would determine if you were going in or not. You'd go to one place, and uh, it'd be real quiet on the, on the inside, and you say, No, I'm not. It's Friday night. I'm not messing around going in the library. It's, it's, just, it's party time. Then you go to another place and all the men, all the men here can help me out, uh, men of action. Um, You go to one place and all you saw were other men going in, just men. (laughs) Lord, no, I can't go in there. I'm not going in there. But then you get to one spot where all the way across campus or all the way down the block or all the way down the street, you could hear before you got there, the music is bumping. The house is shaking. The lights are flashing. Folks on the inside talking about the roof is on fire. You said to yourself, I don't care how much it costs. I've got to get up in there when I came here just passing through on my way to heaven today to let you know that up and down Granny White Pike people are listening on the outside of the Strong Tower Church to what's going on on the inside and when they get in here they ought to hear somebody saying God is worthy to be praised they ought to hear somebody saying red and yellow, black and white all are precious in his sight, they ought to hear somebody saying the church, the church, the church is on fire, we don't need no water let the Holy Ghost burn we need to let the world know that we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit amen so let's look at our text um in the text there are three things if you ever want to be guilty of being a CUI ask somebody are you guilty Yeah, a CUI is a Christian under the influence. If you ever want to be found guilty of being under the influence, you need to have three things. Number one, you need to be out of control. Out of control. If you look at the text, it says it was Paul's regular course of action to go into Jewish synagogues and tell Jewish people that the Jewish Jesus that y'all killed is not dead, but he is alive and he is the Christ. That might not sound like out of control behavior to you, but um, that would be like me and Pastor Chris getting on an airplane, flying to Chicago, knocking on Farrakhan's door and saying Jesus is Lord with a ham sandwich in our hand. You can end up getting hurt acting like that. But when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you do things that don't make sense to other people because you are all living by another standard. Now, just like picking the party, I I got to being under the influence of God and being out of control is just like the concept and process of um, inebriation. Yeah. And since no one here has ever been inebriated before. I'm going to catch you up to speed. What happens is someone takes a can or a bottle, six-pack, glass, magnum, fifth-forty, and they put it up to their lips. It goes across their tongue, down their esophagus. And the alcohol finds itself to, finding itself laying in the lining of the stomach. After Mr. Alcohol gets to the lining of the stomach, he takes a nap there for a little while because he needs some energy. And then he calls up the pancreas and tells Brother Pancreas, hold on with both hands because the party is about to get cracking. Then after Alcohol calls up the liver sister liver he tells her turn on the oven cause I'm gonna need some heat in just a second alcohol gets burned up but the heat oxidized into the bloodstream into the dendrites and synapses of the central nervous system up the cortex over the medulla oblongata into the right part of the brain so that when you think you're walking right (laughs) you're actually walking left Here's the principle, watch this. What you took in eventually took over. You gotta watch what you take in as a Christian because that's what will take over how you walk. If you take in love, love will take over. If you take in joy, joy will take over. But if you take in bitterness, bitterness will take over. If you take in gossip, gossip will take over. What you take in will eventually take over. When you are out of control, you do stuff that doesn't make sense. Like in America in 2015, you go to a church with everybody of every culture and every ethnicity. That just don't make no sense. You know you are peculiar. This house has a peculiar anointing. That you don't need to ignore, but you need to thank God for because it is out of control behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen. I, I'm not going. I'm not going to push this, but let me drop it. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of your friends have come to your house, and y'all looking at a couple pictures, some church pictures. And they say, "Well, who who's that? That that big husky guy is." What's he do at the church? He said, that's the pastor. And the conversation gets quiet. He said, that's your pastor? You go to that church? or they go to Pastor Chris' house, and they, and they see a, a brother or a sister there that's not African-American, and they look at the picture, and they say, well, who's that? Oh, that's, that's one of our elders, or that's one of the good people at the church. They say, they go to your church? And the conversation gets quiet. <laughs> Out of control behavior. But when you are under God's influence, it doesn't matter what other people think. Your desire is to create on earth what the kingdom looks like in heaven, and you just walk after God's principle. You are out of control. Listen, and it extends to every other part of your life being out of control. You don't know what else to do except give God the praise for the people around you and the things that God has done for you. Listen, is anybody here glad that God delivered you? Somebody make some noise about that. Listen. Look Look directly at me. Don't look to the left or to the right. There's some people around you that have done some stuff that if you knew what they did, you'd move over. Shh, don't tell them. We're talking about them. I'm talking about everybody in here has been saved from something. Just because one thing ain't your thing, you ain't holy. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm going to say a couple things to make you mad, and that's what the Lord sent me here for. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. Um, just because you don't chase men or women no more don't mean you holy. Now you got, you know, gout and bursitis and you're tired and COPD and you just you just can't chase nobody no more. You ain't holy. <laughs> can't drink because you get sick. Yeah. <laughs> Can't smoke because you can't breathe. You, you're, not, you're not holy. You're just tired. You're just tired. Just thank God for tired. Tired helps you get to holy. <laughs> very, very first church I pastored, I had, had a deacon. had a deacon came to me and said, Pastor, Pastor, we need to talk to you. It's a young lady on the choir, and uh, she had... An illegitimate child. Now, I, I, we'll talk about that another time. I got a problem with the term illegitimate child because the term illegitimate means illegal, and the baby didn't do nothing illegal. Mom and daddy might have done some illegal things, but the baby did not. So we got a girl, she's having an illegitimate child. And at this church, uh, I just got there, I pastored my first church, I was a senior pastor at 24 years old. And um, he said, "Uh, listen, um, what our custom is, is that normally the girl would have to stand up in front of the church and apologize to us for bringing shame to the body and then uh, she will be forgiven I said is that right he said yeah that's what we do I said now I didn't hear the boy in the conversation no way you just asked the girl to get up in front of the congregation he said yeah that's what that's what we do so what you gonna do I said, I'll say, this is what we're going to do. Next Sunday, we we, we might have her do that, but first we're going to do an exercise before we have her do that. And the exercise is that next Sunday, when everybody comes in the sanctuary, we're going to hand out pen and paper or calculators. And we're going to ask everybody in the church to add up the number of years they've been married and then subtract the age of their oldest child. And for everybody who the math don't work out for, we're going to ask everybody to get up and apologize. Because the Bible don't say, y'all have sinned. It says, all have sinned. If it wasn't for the change of life, you're talking about these little girls having babies. If it wasn't for the change of life, it'd be some old pregnant girls walking around. (laughs) Doing the same thing, doing the same thing. I'd have made somebody mad. Doing the same thing, yeah. Just can't get caught no more, that's all. Um... And in order for this church to be out of control, you've got to understand that concept of the uh, pandemic of sin and the the answer being Christ. The best members of the Strong Tower Church you you have never even met because you don't run in them circles. Yeah. The best members of the Strong Tower Church are out in the street doing stuff you used to do, but you have spiritual amnesia and you don't remember that anymore. And God is going to use you to bring them to Jesus. Listen, you want to talk about somebody who can change the financial complexity of the church immediately? You grab one of these boys on the corner, um, these duffel bag boys that sell dope on the corner, because they, they know how to flip that money three ways. Yeah, you, you, somebody know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. They take a little bit and then they sell it and then they cut it down so it goes a little further and then they get it and then they re-up and then they take that money and put it to the side and then they learn how to go directly to the supplier and then buy some and bring it back. Listen, you don't know anybody that'll save more money at the church than a redeemed drug dealer. No more problems. listen, There is not a woman who will win more people to Christ, but a woman who used to win men at home. It's misplaced anointing. The anointing is for influence. It's not for influence to date. It's for influence to meet God. And once you save, you allow her to be saved by the power of Jesus Christ, that influence don't go away. It just changes. And so the same woman who knew how to bring men home will know how to bring them to Jesus. God can save a prostitute sitting next to a virgin. And when after Jesus gets done, you won't be able to tell which one is which. (laughs) Out of control. So it says he went in. They talked about the power of Jesus Christ. And it says many of them were upset, but many believed and consorted. So after you are out of control, number two, you got to be offensive. You gotta be offensive. Ask someone, have you offended anyone lately? (laughs) Watch this. People who are under the influence, they have no concept of spatial relationships. (laughs) They get real close to you and talk with breathy words. Hi, how you doing? Have you ever been to Hawaii? And you're like, why are you so close to me and why are we talking about Hawaii? (laughs) Because they have no concept. What's in them comes out of them and it ends up offending someone. Listen, you cannot be a part of the body of Christ and be everybody's favorite Christian. If everybody likes you and you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are doing something fundamentally wrong. Because the only reason why you and I were saved is because the Holy Spirit offended who we were without Jesus and it drug us to Jesus Christ. We were offended that we were unrighteous or that someone was telling us that we were unrighteous and it was that offense that brought us to the Lord. It says that after Paul preached the gospel, they were upset. They were angry about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone was offended. Watch this. Everybody else in the world is coming out of the closet. Everybody out of the closet. And we are... 007, secret agent, undercover, spy Christians. Don't nobody know you saved but you and Jesus. You on a secret mission. People at your job don't believe you saved. People that you go to work, that you live around don't know you saved. You sneak out of the house going to church like it's like, like you under the cloak of darkness. <laughs> Some people go to church, but you don't believe that you're saved. It's just you and the Lord on a mission. I need every woman in here to help me out. Listen, if you are in love with a man and um, he comes to you and says, listen, we in love, girl. We like this, just me and you, just me and you. It's us, girl, against the world. And um, we love each other, but when we leave the house, I don't need you holding my hand and You know, all up on me and telling people that's my boo and all that kind of stuff. I don't need you doing none of that. Just, you know, we know what we got, but we don't need to let everybody else know. No, every woman in here say, no, sir no, no, we're not playing that game. We're not going to play that game because if you love me, you love me everywhere. And I came here to tell somebody, although it might offend the world, you need to love Jesus everywhere you go. If you're on your job, if you are at your school, if you are in your neighborhood, love the Lord wherever you are. Because he loved you enough to die. He loved you enough to be pierced in the side. He loved you enough to have a crown of thorns put upon his head. And you have to love him enough for people to sometime not invite you to the party. Everybody in here, there's somebody in here who has been no person that's not invited to the party after you met Jesus. You was the first call before you met Jesus. He said, yeah, call Sally. She's the life of the party. (laughs) After you met Jesus, they'd be like, you call us salad? Mm." Not so much, not so much. (laughs) But you have to be willing to offend the world because of the Christ that's in you if that's what it takes. I don't know about anybody else, but listen, I have praise moments when the world would think I ain't supposed to have praise moments. yeah. You ever go to the supermarket? Now I know I know we got some folks. I know we got some folks in here who were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I know some of y'all got it going on like popcorn and Donkey Kong. I all know all that. But is anybody in here ever go to the supermarket with some change? Listen, listen, I'm, I'm talking about you know you need some butter and some eggs and some milk and um, some bread and you start looking through the cushions at the house you look in that sock that's in the closet um, you're looking in the jar that's up in the cabinet and you say, I, got, I think I got enough, I got enough. And you go to to the supermarket and then you, then you go to the little coin Coinstar machine because uh, you don't want to take change to the cash register No, 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 we're not going to do that. So you go to the coin Coinstar machine, you put your coins in there and they give you a little receipt and they say, you got seven 7 dollars 89 and you got 7.89. So you walking around the store, you looking, you got your bread, you got your milk, you got your you got your uh you got your butter. And and you even had the nerve to look and grab a Snickers on your way to the thing. You grabbed yourself a Snickers and you go to the register and they ring it up. And while they are ringing it up? You there, you clicking your heels three times, you got your fingers crossed, you praying, you talking to the Lord. And she rings it up and you know you got 7.89. And she rings it up and she said that will be 7 74, wait a minute, I have had church right at the checkout center, right there, she said, is is anything all right, do do we need to call security, no baby, no baby, you don't understand, God provided for my needs, now, you might look at that as a microcosm of the example, but there's some people up in here, you know, you got more bills every month than you got money, but some kind of way, God shows up. You ought to praise God every time he shows up. They should have pushed you out of that house a long time ago. Somehow you're still in there. You ought to have church every time. Every time the month come around and you're still in there, you just have church by yourself. They should have fired you from your job with your late self all of them times. Leaving early, stealing paper clips, and everything else you got. Listen, but you still work there. You ought to have church every time you clock out. Thank you. I made it through another day. The person you married to should have left you a couple of times already. They should have really left you by now. But some kind of way, when you wake up in the morning and you look over and they're still there, whoo, you ought to have church right there and say, Lord, thank you doesn't matter if it offends somebody. Everything in your life is the result of the power of Jesus Christ. I'm almost through. Here we go. You got to be out of control. You got to be offensive. Then finally, you need to be revolutionary. It says a couple things here in the text. It says, many of them believe, and some were upset, and the lewd fellows, this is what the King James says, the lewd fellows of the baser sort, Gathered together a company and set the city in an uproar and set to assault the house of Jason. Now, the term lewd fellows of the baser sort in the Greek means loungers at the marketplace. People who are where work is supposed to be going on, but they're not doing any work. Sounds like the same people who caused trouble at church in 2015 loungers at the marketplace. At church, but ain't a part of nothing. Y'all's committee didn't do a good job at that event. Y'all's committee. When something go right, a Church. I love Ava Church. a Pastor is just so wonderful. When things go wrong, y'all's preacher. I don't know what y'all's preacher doing. Listen, listen. You have to understand that if you are either going to be a part or you're not going to be a part, because every part is important. There is no big I's and little U's. You know, Pastor Chris could today, some of y'all don't know this, today, go to the stadium where the Titans play. Uh, helmet on, pads on, ball in his hand. He could run from... The goal line, to the 10, the 20, the 30. Dodging, bobbing, weaving, jumping, leaping, bad brother, cross midfield, breaking open stride. Hit the goal line, spike the ball, and everybody go crazy. He could today, as long as there is nobody else on the field. brother is bad on the field by himself (laughs) but as soon as you put opposition there is a necessity for other teammates to run interference to block to run routes to do what is necessary to call the plays so that the same run can take place, but one person can't do it by themselves. It will take an entire team to get to the goal line. Amen? Everybody in here plays a part on the team called Strong Tower. This team has... Uh, Everything that God needs and put in it in order for you all to achieve victory in Nashville and the surrounding area. You're here now. You want to know the answer to the why? The why. You was in the why for a long time. The answer to why is right now. Why the why? Right now. Why the factory? Because God was producing something. So every time you come to church, you ought to look at Strong Tower and say, yes, we're Strong Tower. We are the answer to why and factory approved. You can't get to 20 years without the answer to why and being factory approved. You can't do it. Every time you come into this place, you ought to realize that God is changing a generation. This is what it says. They dragged Jason and certain brethren to the rulers and they cried, these have turned the world upside down. The word for world in the Greek is cosmos. It means the entire order. They believe because of the gospel, the whole world was changed. What you're doing right now is not just changing granny white pike it's not just changing one street it's not just changing the place close to Ratner lake it's changing the entire community of christ when they can see an example of what it looks like to be under the influence and walking according to god's power is there anybody in this place that's excited to be a part of god doing something that will change a generation. Before I leave, I gotta tell you, it's time, Strong Tower, for you all to do some work. I mean, some real work. I mean, it's time for you to really. Do some work that's going to affect the kingdom of darkness, losing people, and the kingdom of God, gaining people. Now's the time. Ah, uh, When I was a boy, I would go to Mississippi to my great-grandmama's house. Great-grandmama, we called her Chocolate Mama. That's what we called her. That was her name. And we get up early in the morning. I mean real early. Like we wake the rooster up early, that early. We get up early and we go outside and the boys will have to split the wood, take the wood out from the outside and bring it inside so that, hot belly stove that they had in the house could have some fire. Then the girls um would they have to they'd have to sweep the porch and then we'd go we'd go feed the chickens and slap the hogs. I, I know somebody from the country up in here. And then we used to let the calf out of the small pen into the big pen so that calf could be milked. And then girls would make some biscuits and I ain't talking about no pop them out of the canned biscuits. I'm, I'm talking about the kind where you roll out the dough and then you take a glass and then you carve out the biscuits then you take the scraps and that's what you call a whole cake somebody know what I'm talking about and then we do all of that stuff and then we say to chocolate mama all right great-grandmama we we going outside to play we finished our work and now we're going to play she said babies (laughs) y'all misunderstand everything you do around the house ain't no work that's church that's just chores The work is out in the field shucking corn and snapping beans and shelling peas. That's the work. I came here to Strong Tower today to ask you if you're under the influence because just because you're doing something at church don't mean you're working. You're just doing church chores you're supposed to make your bed you're supposed to clean up your own space you're supposed to make sure the house runs right that's not work the work is at Percy priest elementary school the work is at radnor lake the work is in nashville the work is in franklin and downtown and in some spots you don't think you even want to go in that's where the work of the church is The question is if you're under the influence, are you doing church work or church chores? Because if you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, not only will your life look different, but everyone you come in contact, their life will be changed forever because you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now is the time. This is the moment for this church to activate and energize and turn into something that will change the world, change a generation, if you are under the influence. You've got to be to the place where you look at the world and the enemy and tell the enemy, you are in trouble. Because all I have to do is get to God's house. Get what I need and I'm about to change the world. Superman is bad all day long. See, what you don't know about Superman is he's Superman every day. All day. But when he got to a phone booth, something happened that what he was on the inside He let other people see on the outside. You know what your phone booth is, don't you? It's the Strong Tower Church. You're a strong Christian all day long, every day, all of the time. You protect your family, your home. You are an effectual prayer of the righteous, and it avails much. But something ought to happen when you get to this house. This house ought to be the turning point where the world, when you leave here, the world ought to see that you have power that you didn't have before you came. Is anybody here ready? I mean, really ready to change a generation? If you are, grab somebody by the hand, right where you are. First, I want you to help me preach this message. Turn to the person next to you and tell them you have no idea what God has brought me from he has changed my life however you also don't know what God is calling me to God is going to use me and you to change the world he is our strong tower and I'm under his influence Everybody makes some noise in this place, everybody makes some noise.